Hi there. I'd love to have my voice used on the air. Dollamore, you are a big fucking jackass. You are an anti-American, sick son of a bitch liberal. I hope you fucking drop dead. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 313 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, the dedicated, the female, <laughs> my co-host, Brittany Page. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm okay. You're okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Surviving. It is. That's kind of what it is between show to show these days. Why do you say that? Well, no, it's not us surviving. It's just like the union has been preserved for another, <laughs> for another episode. Right. You never know what's happening. In this political climate. You're being slightly dramatic, but yes. I don't think I am being dramatic. Oh. Well, of course I'm being... I, I, I don't expect the the union to, to dissolve. Okay. But it is... We're facing bizarre times. We I don't are? want to launch right into this. We're facing bizarre times, but... Uh, you know what I want to talk about? Okay. How excited I am for the birthday presents we got this weekend. Yeah. Brittany and I, our birthdays, her birthday's on the 21st, mm -hmm. which... First day of summer. Couple days. Yep. And my birthday is on the 27th. Mm-hmm. And we got... We went out to dinner with some folks, and we were given these 23andMe uh, DNA. DNA kit. DNA testing. DNA personal genetic service. Find out what your DNA says about you through online genetic reports. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, it's not a commercial for it. We really did get these for, for, as gifts. And it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. For me, for one, because apparently they test like how much fucking Neanderthal DNA you have. Yeah. And I'm expecting to have a tremendous amount of Neanderthal <laughs> DNA. Just 99%. Yeah, just a lot. Yeah. Well, it, it does. Because I am a little lower on the evolutionary scale. Mm -hmm. A little hairy. Yeah. I'm a mess. Yeah. It's a fucking mess. It, that's true. <laughs> it tells you your ancestry, and then you can also get some health screening with it, apparently. Yeah, I guess. It like tells you if you're lactose intolerant, but hey, you know, sh newsflash. I'm not. Well, I already know. I don't need to be told whether I am or not. Well, it says other things like early onset Alzheimer's. No, late onset. Uh, late onset. Yeah. Yeah. And Parkinson's disease. Other things. Seems but it, it's interesting. Not gonna, but it's not going to tell you if you're, oh yeah, guaranteed. It's like, oh yeah, you're, that's a, you got a chance at that. Well, and you should just walk around assuming that. Right. At any moment. If you're Brittany Page, you walk around <laughs> expecting everything. The sky is falling at all times. That is not true. But 
There were, I did. Pretty true. I ran into three spiders in two days. So I did think that for a while. One of which was killed by me with uh, my my foot, my bare foot. Yeah, after the three objects that I tried to use. The largest of the three was killed with the skin, the bare skin. Yeah, we know Neanderthal, we get it, okay? (laughs) Great. You have all the skills. It's awesome. Well, it's just congrats. They're spiders. They're not. It's not Al Qaeda invading the house. Well, that's one perspective. <laughs> <laughs> that's one opinion. So anyway, birthday's coming up, and I'm excited to get my DNA tested. <laughs> uh, well, uh, one of the reasons is is because I've always been told, a la Elizabeth Warren, mm-hmm. that I am a quarter Chippewa Indian. Yeah. And I don't have the most connected family, so it's easy for me not to know my genetics on my dad's side. Mm-hmm. But I was I was always told my dad is half, my grandma is full Chippewa Indian, yeah, which is a northern Minnesota tribe. So it it it's not such a stretch to say that looking at me and saying, yeah, there's no way you're Indian, ginger guy. Mm-hmm. When I could be, because you know they're, it's not like they're darker skinned, you know, Native Americans, so. I'm I'm eager to see just how much bullshit that was. Yeah. Me growing up, repeating it for years as though it was fact. And now I, I just, I I say it like I just said it. That I, That's what I'm told. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're still repeating it without knowing well, whether no, or not no, no. it's true. I'm repeating that it was told to me that it could be. I always give the caveat that it could be bullshit. Okay. Yeah. You know, well, I was told I'm descended from the Vikings and I don't walk around telling everyone that because <laughs> I just assume that. Well, I don't assume I know that uh, 95% of what I was told as a child was yeah, a well, lie. Also, how the fuck would they know? Have they done genealogy? No, it's just wishful thinking. Does it go thinking. back that far? It's just wishful thinking. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> I think it's also wishful thinking. They hope that Odin is real. Probably. <laughs> yes. Goddamn. Hashtag raised by wolves, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's get on to the show. Uh, we talked uh, a couple episodes ago, a few episodes ago, about our listener, loyal listener, longtime listener, Nikki from the Netherlands, someone whom we've never actually met in person other than a Google Hangout call for Patreon people. And, uh, Nikki is not in good health, but we are we are buoyed to know that she is well enough to listen to the show and also well enough to contribute. She had some thoughts on Trump's full cabinet meeting that we talked about last episode. Hey, Brittany and Jesse, Nikki here. I was just listening to episode 312 um, with regards to the full cabinet meeting. Honestly, that was creepy. It sounded like we were kind of eavesdropping in on a meeting with Kim Jong-un. Every government official adores their glorious leader. Um, Now, Kim Jong-un has the power to kill a person or their family willy-nilly. What kind of power does Donald Trump have? Um, Do they actually want to live in a dictatorship? They sounded like sniveling little sycophants. 
And this type of behaviour has no place in a democracy. That was honestly rather creepy. Uh, I suggest Sessions. Boy, what does Trump have over him? Why is he willing to die in the sword politically for Trump? Honestly, what does Trump do to people that they turn into snivelling little sycophants? I have no idea, but it is kind of scary. So, I hope you still live in a democracy, but by the sound of the government officials, you've already passed into dictatorship. <laughs> anyway, keep up the work, still love the show, and you're both the best part. You see, she agrees with me that we're on the <laughs> precipice of totalitarianism, Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that I've heard people talk about that whole mess and say that it wasn't really interesting to them, that they don't really see it as a problem. The cabinet meeting. Yeah, but the thing is, they had to have been prompted to say what they were saying because they... <laughs> We're right on message. Yeah. And they were all very similar. So it would be strange if they just of their own volition said these things and weren't prompted to say them. Yeah. Well, it's it's the narrative I was going for. The the idea that I have about it and what I believe is the case is he does foster this weird loyalty pledge thing. And they wanted to let him know and let the American people know that they are on board with their dear leader, Donald Trump. Like Nikki said, it is a lot like a Kim Jong-un situation. I don't know why I said it like that. A Kim Jong-un situation, everybody. Uh, if you see footage of, of like the, the, his generals who accompany him to places in North Korea, they they fawn over him and they clap and they're, everything's this insane celebration of every little poopy he takes, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird worship kind of a thing. Like, the most intense adulation that you can imagine is, is just foisted on him like he's... Which is interesting because worthy of that. God damn. he's not charming, he's not funny, he's not attractive, he's not... Um, he's not He's not godlike in any way. He's not a smooth <laughs> talker. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's not one of these characters that can, I mean, it appears to me, I've never met him, uh, <laughs> easily manipulate someone. I don't know. I, I, I understand that he does that, uh, but... To me, that just seems strange because I would not want him to come near me. So, Well, listen, the other reports that are coming out of the White House right now, uh, because there are hundreds of appointments that still need to be made. There are hundreds of people, maybe not appointments, but people who need to be hired, positions that need to be filled within the executive branch. And that takes place uh, by way of the President of the United States. And the word on the street is that a lot of Republicans don't want to be associated with the administration. So they're having a hard time filling these positions because it is such a fucking train wreck. Well, and I'm just talking about him as a person. Because yeah, yeah. You've, you've talked about meeting Bill Clinton, right? Yeah, yeah. And well, even when you hated Bill Clinton, I hated him. That's you right. felt as though he had this presence yeah. that kind of drew you to him. Magnetic is how I explain and, it. And I don't, 
I cannot see Donald Trump having that. Yeah. It's, well, even look at it this way. Obama, a lovable man. Yes. Well, a, charming, yeah, funny, yeah. intelligent. He's a smooth talker. And they weren't heaping worship and praise on him at cabinet meetings. Yeah. Mainly because they had fucking work to do. And there's more important <laughs> things to do than jerk off the president <laughs> in a public cabinet meeting. But even a no, guy like <laughs> even a guy like George W. Bush, yeah, who's who was full of mistakes. Yeah, he's funny and charming. He's still. an affable, folksy kind of guy who yeah. people really like. Yeah, we don't have that. <laughs> we have a fucking huckster. Yeah, who who fooled? You know, he fooled who he fooled. Brittany Page. I mean, that's Donald Trump. Come on, baby. We got some Hillary bitches on here. He fooled this guy. Come on, baby. That's who he fooled. Mm -hmm. That's who he got the resounding support from. And now I guess the rest of the cabinet. Politico just wrote a paper. Wrote a paper. Listen to me. Politico just wrote a piece about how there are certain there's like this this popularity contest within the cabinet and certain cabinet members for instance Pompeo who is the director of the CIA spends 3 hours a day carving out of his schedule to be driven to the white house just to personally brief the president because the president is paranoid of what he would consider bureaucrats who are career people in the intelligence services. He, uh, Scott Pruitt, the EPA administrator, spends a lot of time, several several uh, days a week, is eating lunch in the White House mess. Several of these cabinet officials have the president's ear and spend an inordinate amount of time at the White House, not at their respective uh, departments, which isn't the White House. There are buildings that scattered, that are scattered all over Washington, D.C., that house these various departments. And rather than be there in their office supporting their particular departments, they, uh, they're at the, the White House to hang out with the president mm-hmm. so they can have his ear and... Influence policy. Yeah, you were also making a hand motion, a squeezing oh, hand motion. That was totally. That was not. It was happening. I thought you were going to comment on no, it, but just the that, hands. That was. It must be just something was being squeezed subconscious. Yeah. In me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we're we're obviously we're with you, Nikki. We we feel the same way about it. We think it's weird, and it should fucking stop. So we love you, Nikki. Thanks for the call. All right, uh, we've got an email. We, 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 listen, we got an email from a, a Canadian listener about an immigration thing that I want to look into before I answer the question. So, Wayne, we will get to you next time. We're not ignoring you. But here is an email. From John in Cincinnati. John in Cincinnati. Good evening. Another week, another needless act by way of gun violence. When do we ever say enough is enough? Sitting on our hands, having just survived one massacre, hoping that the next inevitable one avoids touching us or anyone we know and love. I don't want to live this way. This is not how a dignified and civilized free people should exist. 
We need tougher gun laws and mandatory biannual mental wellness checks. Why is it assumed that because one can legally purchase and carry a gun today, that he or she will always responsibly carry and use one for the rest of their lives? As if people don't change and evolve and can't be changed by life events that can alter their outlook and affect their thinking. You can get a driver's license, be a model motor operator, and one day, in a drunken night of fun, kill someone inadvertently with your car or get a license never have so much as a ticket, and live to be great old age, whereby via diminished faculties become a danger to those around you. And these are cars, designed to get you around and perform a positive function. Guns should have a higher threshold because when used, they are meant to inflict damage. We hear the old trope that the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, but this doesn't account for good guys with guns that become bad guys with guns. We're all just one tough break away from being fundamentally changed by life for the worse. This should be considered in the ongoing dialogue. Love your program. Congrats, Brittany, on your recent academic achievement. And you're both the best part of our collective Mondays and Fridays. Hopefully an additional third day of the week, too. Yes, that would be great. Um, Listen, guns are tough for me. Having grown up where I grew up and guns being kind of a part of the culture... And for me, not a problematic part of the culture. I don't, like, for, for instance, I don't advocate uh, abolishing the Second Amendment. I, I, I don't have a problem with guns. I do have a problem with the ease of access of guns. And I think a background check system that is far tougher needs to be put in place. When the NRA wields so much political power in this country and does no good because all they do is limit progress relative to tightening restrictions on 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 getting a gun. I don't know about I mean look these are all top I don't have it all figured out. These are all aspects of of the subject that could be debated for sure. But we need to close the gun show loopholes. We need to to close private sales of guns. Because if you're circumventing a system that does a health check, a mental health check, a criminal background check, that shouldn't be allowed. There There shouldn't be wide open gaping holes in the system where you're able to purchase a weapon, an implement of death, without passing through those safeguards. Yeah. As, as, by way of background checks. Right. I like this email from John in Cincinnati because it it's a nuanced conversation. And this gets to one aspect of it, where I see people discussing gun control, and it's either, I support gun control. I do not support gun control. And first, gun control really needs to be defined, yeah, right? Because gun control can mean many different things. And sometimes people are advocating abolishing the Second Amendment. Right. Sometimes they're simply advocating background checks. Sometimes they want to reduce the number of firearms in circulation. Do something about the ammunition that you can buy, right? There's all these different things right. that that someone can have a position on. And so it really does need to be this nuanced conversation. But instead, what you have is just a simple statement of either I support gun control or I don't. 
but you really need to get down into these details like John in Cincinnati did. And I've never heard this perspective. And I actually think it's really interesting. Well, it is an unintelligent argument to just say I'm pro-gun control, I'm anti-gun control. It doesn't... Yeah, or gun control doesn't work, or gun control does work. Yeah, yes. Well, what are we talking about here? You got to define the term. Yes. Yeah. And I'm... I I respect the Constitution, I respect our history, and I do believe that there is something in our culture that, that it's important to preserve that, the ability to keep and bear arms. We, we come out of a different tradition than other European nations. Now, while I believe it's irresponsible for people like Rand Paul to say, we need our Second Amendment right so citizens can you know, take care of the government when it gets out of hand. Yeah. And then he's at the fucking baseball field mm-hmm. when, and, you know, when he could have been killed by someone who was obviously pr- putting in practice that same philosophy. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking problem. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because, again, when these things happen, everyone is so polarized that reasonable conversation is difficult. But let's say that those had been Democrats on the field and Hillary Clinton was president and all these radicals are thinking that she's, you know, taking over and we're in a bad situation. I I believe that I would have seen a lot of NRA people explaining this in terms of, well, look at the government. I mean, we have to we have to look at this. Is the government getting out of control, right? Is this is something that they say? And I don't know if they would have done that, but maybe because when she was going to get elected, I saw a lot of problematic things from those in in these communities uh, about that. Even Donald Trump. You have to worry about her Supreme Court picks. Yeah. And listen, there's nothing you can do once she gets in there. There's nothing you. Well, maybe some of the Second Amendment folks could could do something that. Mm -hmm. That that was not even a, a a veiled threat. That was that was incitement of violence, as far as I'm concerned. And it seemed like a lot of the scare tactics that were used from Donald Trump about Hillary Clinton were that once she got in there, things were going to radically change, radically change, right. and your rights were going to be taken the away. The same thing they said of Obama. Yeah, and so <laughs> and that, more guns were sold under Obama than George W. Bush. Yeah, but that makes people fearful. And yeah, sure. And I think it's dangerous, obviously. But then you have this happen on the other side. With this asshole. Yeah. And I mean. It's good he's dead. I mean, it's good that he got killed. Yeah. It's it's very disturbing. Because that guy's upsetting. a danger. Yeah. Well, and it, it shows how toxic all of this is. All of these scare tactics of, you know, your rights are being taken away. And these guns are meant to do this. Now Listen, go take care of biz. I, I have, I've had conversations with people. And right now the conversation is being had about uh, changing the tone. And while I do believe the tone is bad right now, on this program, we, we can only answer for ourselves. We do not advocate for violence against political leaders. Even against Donald Trump, we don't. 
I've had conversations with people who who have said they they can't wait to see the first president assassinated. They're, wow. they're first, and in Donald Trump, and I've I've sc- immediately scolded them because it would it would unless we take care of Donald Trump th- Donald Trump through a political process, a legitimate political process like impeachment, it will send things into chaos economically, politically. It would not be a good thing to have Donald Trump killed. Mm-hmm. It would be a terrible thing. For one, it's not just the man. It's the office of the president that we don't want subject to the threat of violence. That's not the way we get things done in this country. So that's where I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So thank you for the email, John. Well, one more thing. All right. I, I, I do want to talk about because during the the campaign, there were ads that the NRA was running. You remember this one where there was a, uh, a home invasion and she went to grab a gun, but like, she didn't have one or yeah, something? Out of the lockbox and there's nothing there. Or yeah, something. yeah, because Hillary Clinton had, you know, taken all of the guns right. somehow. And I forgot how it went, but it was very scary. Yeah, the guy. I think the guy broke broke in and raped her or something. It was a very scary uh, commercial. Yeah. And these types of things get into people's heads, and they start having ideas. Yeah. And I don't know. I. I it's just scary territory to be in, and the NRA doesn't seem to have any problem uh, wading into those waters. And I don't know what kind of statements they made after this happened. Obviously, they were probably thankful that it was a liberal, I guess. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I guess it goes to show that it happens on all sides. Absolutely. Look, politics is uh, a dirty game. Yeah. It just is. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you. By way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Deanne. Deanne. Peter. Peter. And Jack. And Jack. Thank you. Our newest members of our Patreon pay- PayPal family. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We are slowly ticking toward that third episode a week. Yep. If you're on the fence about about contributing to the show, look, if 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 500 people gave 5 bucks, we would we would we'd be there big time. Yes. <laughs> also, I want to remind everybody that the Patreon only Google Hangout for the the appropriate tier is this weekend. Oh, yeah. Friday and Saturday at the normal times. Friday, 8 p.m. Los Angeles time. Saturday, 10 a.m. Los Angeles time. The birthday edition of the Google Hangout call. I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for all you do in dedicating your hard-earned money. Look, that's a, a big deal to the show. And it does not go unnoticed or unappreciated. Uh, I forgot to mention after the voicemail and the, and the email, 
Uh, if you too would like to comment, you want to call in, if you want to disagree, this is a conversation we're having, although a, uh, a delayed one, because it's twice a week, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. So, speaking of guns, let's talk about guns in the hands of cops. We talked at length last year about the death of Philando Castile in Minnesota at the hands of a police officer. So I want to review what happened. Yeah, please. In his case, because uh, people may not remember. So he was stopped because of a brake light problem. Mm -hmm. And this whole thing went down within like two minutes. By the time the cop walked up and by the time he was shot. So what happened was he, the cop comes up, uh, asks for his license, whatever, uh, says that there's a, a taillight problem and he starts getting his license and he says, I need to tell you that I, I have a weapon on he, me as well. He had a, a legal concealed carry permit. Right. And so he tells him I, I have a weapon and the officer immediately puts his hand on his weapon and says, don't reach for it then. Instead of saying, okay, put your hands on the wheel, uh, you know, whatever right. commands that would make him feel safe. He immediately felt unsafe is, is what it appeared to be. Yeah. And so Philando Castile was really given two commands at the same time, which was he's supposed to be getting his license and not reaching for the gun. And not reaching for the gun. And so he says, I'm not reaching for the gun and is getting his license. And then he was is shot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's how that happened. Well, the cop was tried and has been found not guilty. He has been acquitted of all charges. Breaking headline out of Minnesota tonight. A verdict in a case that caused national outrage tonight. A police officer acquitted on all charges in the shooting death of a black man after a traffic stop. The aftermath streamed by the man's girlfriend live on Facebook. You'll remember the video was disturbing as Philando Castile lay dying there. ABC's Eva Pilgrim on the verdict and the reaction now pouring in. Tonight, a family outraged after a Minnesota jury acquitted the officer who fatally shot Philando Castile moments before this infamous video was live streamed on Facebook by his girlfriend. He's licensed to carry. He was trying to get out his ID and his wallet out his um, pocket and he let the officer know that he was re he had a firearm and he was reaching for his wallet. And the officer just shot him in his arm. The St. Anthony police officer holding that gun, then 29-year-old Geronimo Yanez, Castile's girlfriend, calmly recording as her four-year-old daughter reassured her from the back seat. <laughs> It's okay, I'm right here with you. Castile there in the driver's seat, fatally wounded. Those images last summer sparking violent protests. Prosecutors charging Yanez with second-degree manslaughter. At trial, arguing the officer panicked and lost control. I told him not to reach for it. I told him to get his hand off Yanez said he pulled Castile over that night, believing he matched the description of a robbery suspect. The driver looks more like one of our suspects because of the wide set nose. Castile's family says he was racially profiled. The system continues to fail black people. 
At trial, defense attorneys argued Yenes fired because he thought Castile was reaching for his gun. Tonight, Castile's family says they've been denied justice. My son loved this city and this city killed my son. And Eva Pilgrim with us live tonight. Eva's been covering this case from the start. And Eva, you're learning that the officer will not be returning to the police force? That's right, David. The city of St. Anthony says it's no longer in the public's best interest for Yanez to return as a police officer. They are now negotiating a voluntary separation agreement. David. Eva Pilgrim with us tonight. Eva, thank you. But he gets to keep his life. He gets to be alive. Unlike Philando Castillo. And did you happen to catch that recording of Yenez? He looks like our, our suspect because he has a wide set nose. If that's not an explanation of being racially fucking profiled, I don't know what is. It Ooh, is. Go ahead. It's so hard to hear that tape with that um, that little girl reassuring her mom yeah and having just witnessed that um i am very upset by this because cops are allowed to make mistakes that end people's lives right and not have a consequence for that no repercussions whatsoever And it doesn't matter that you were afraid you failed to give appropriate commands to ensure that the citizen that you were dealing with knew what you wanted from him. It's your fault. Yeah. It's your fault that you were immediately afraid. As soon as you heard he had a gun, you put your hand on your gun and it, it became a hostile situation immediately. And this wouldn't have been the same, I genuinely believe, with a white person. Yeah, I think that's that's clear. Who had we've a, seen that we've seen that time and time again. Who had a permit to carry? Yeah. Who said, "I just need to let you know, officer, that I have a gun on me. I have a permit to carry a weapon." Right? It would have been like, "Oh, okay, brother. Yeah, I got you. You know, it's fine." It's disgusting. It's just based on what we heard there with the wide set nose bullshit. Look. Black Lives Matter gets gets demonized. And I think I think the group as a whole is a noble endeavor. Do they have some problematic issues? For instance, Black Lives Matter in Toronto? Yeah, yeah, they do. They're independently run though. They have their own they're it's 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 not a monolith. But Black Lives Matter and Philando Castile's life mattered. But apparently, the judge and jury and the system believes that this cop's life matters more. And that's a problem. We just wanted to do some follow-up on this because it was something we covered at length last year. Well, and I, I again, I want to reiterate that he, the cop panicked, and he's not being punished for that. So you're allowed to panic and kill someone on the job because you panicked and you're allowed to get away with it in what other job no, you did your job so poorly that someone fucking died well in what other job are you allowed to panic for whatever reason kill someone and then you're not held responsible for that's that? right yeah th imagine if you're a crane operator and you've got one of the big smashing balls that smashes into walls and you freak out 
and you fucking drop it on someone and kill someone. You're negligent. Yeah, if you if you cannot, and police work is dangerous. We know this. But if you cannot handle, right? if you cannot handle it, then you should not have that job. That's exactly right. That's not it. everybody is cut out to be a police officer. But not everyone's cut out to do every job. There's jobs that some people know they cannot do and they don't do them. There's no shame in saying, I can't do this. I can't maintain my cool and work with people. Okay, then don't. I'm afraid of black people. So much so that I fucking kill them when they're doing what I told them to do, which is get your fucking ID out, your driver's license, your proof of insurance, and your registration. I'm too fearful to be a cop. Ugh. Well, in another little piece of follow-up, we've been talking about Bill Cosby. No, no, we don't answer that. For well over a year. Yeah, one of our negative reviews is because of Bill Cosby. That's right. Uh... Well, he went to trial also. He was also not acquitted or found guilty because the jury was was deadlocked. Mm -hmm. So they declared a mistrial. Well, after the trial, Cosby's representative or his lawyer, I'm not sure who the guy is. I think it's a representative. Put this PR person out there to read a statement from Camille Cosby, his wife, that was incendiary to say the least. I am going to introduce my associate with Purpose PR Firm. She's gonna read a signed statement from Mrs. Camille Cosby. How do I describe the district attorney? Heinously and exploitively ambitious. How do I describe the judge? Overtly arrogant and collaborating with the district attorney. How do I describe the counsels for the accusers? Totally unethical. How do I describe many, but not all, general media? Blatantly vicious entities that continually disseminated intentional omissions of truths for the primary purpose of greedily selling sensationalism at the expense of a human life. Historically, people have challenged injustices. I am grateful to any of the jurors who tenaciously fought to review the evidence, which is the rightful way to make a sound decision. Ultimately, that is a manifestation of justice based on facts, not lies. As a very special friend once stated, truth can be subdued, but not destroyed. Moreover, I express humongous gratitude to counselors Brian McMonagall and Angela Abrusa for their hard work. Mr. McMonagall for his passionate and powerful articulations of truth. Ms. Agrusa for her thorough research to bolster Council McMonagall, to Mr. Andrew Wyatt for his unequivocal skills in public relations, to our team who work diligently and intelligently, to our staff for their continuous commitment to our family and me, and to our children, grandchildren, and other family who loves us, and to our dear friends and supporters who never gave up on us, despite it all, Camille Cosby. Camille Cosby. Mm-hmm. collaborator in the alleged rape of over 50 women. 
Well, rest assured, this case is not dead. The DA has has vowed that they are going to retry Bill Cosby for these this crime. This has been a, a, a long process um, to get to this point. Uh, we had to overcome uh, a number of obstacles that uh, were put in our way, a uh, number of uh, legal maneuvers by the defense to stop or delay this trial. Uh, we got to try our case, uh, and we got to uh, be in a position where uh, Andrea Constander and our other prior bad acts uh, witness could uh, testify in a court of law uh, as to the facts of what happened to them. Uh, we will evaluate uh, and review our case. Uh, we will take a hard look at, at everything involved, uh, and then we will retry it. Um, as I said in court, uh, our plan is to, to move this case forward uh, as soon as possible. You know, it's striking from the statement of Camille Cosby that she's calling people blatantly vicious and arrogant. I would assert that those things can be said of Bill Cosby. The number of women who have accused him is closer to 100 women than it is zero women. He admitted in a deposition in 2005 that he drugged for the purposes of sex women. Later, he corrected the record and said, oh, no, 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 just one woman. Oh, oh, okay, Bill Cosby. It was only one woman that you drugged with a depressant, with quaaludes, so you could have sex with her while she was out of it. That is rape. Well, and he also doesn't view it like that because in that deposition, he said, quote, somewhere between permission and rejection. Uh, so he talked about this zone while the woman is on quaaludes that is somewhere between permission and rejection. So he believes that that's a thing. And th- this isn't speculation. No, he said that. This is in a fucking deposition. Surrounding these matters. Well, and this is what is infuriating. <laughs> he's uh, on tape saying this. He's on record saying this. And still, the jury is confused. They're well, confused about... We don't know whether they were able to hear that. Because there was so much legal maneuvering that some evidence wasn't allowed in the record. So... But also, let's keep in mind here that it could have been an 11-1 split. It could have been 11 people voting for conviction and only one holdout, and you still get a mistrial because it's not majority in a jury. It's all or nothing. I read statements from some of the victims that were involved, and one of them said that this is the last time that she's taking part in anything like this because... I mean, so, so she's not taking part in the retrial? I believe the answer yeah. is no. That's and, unfortunate. Well, think about this. You put it all out there. Yeah. And people say, meh, not convincing. Well, let's, that, That's hurtful. Let's, let's hope that 
in the next trial, the judge makes the right choice and allows these witnesses uh, to testify that to what happened to them, their account of their interaction and the incidents that they have with Bill Cosby. So a jury has that to go into the deliberation room with. It's just, it's disgusting. The arrogance, the blatant viciousness. Well, they also came out and acted like he was innocent. He was found innocent. Yeah, yeah. That's not what a mistrial means. Right. So you can relax there, guy. Well, we'll find out sooner than later what the number was. Just how much of a, of a, like if there was one holdout who's just a rabid Cosby fan, we'll find out. So, and we will follow up. We certainly will. All right. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So tomorrow in Georgia, the special election between Carol Handel and John Ossoff is going down. The final. We'll find out what is who's going to be the representative for the sixth district of Georgia. Whether there's going to be another Democratic seat or if it's going to continue like it was when Price was the congressman there. And, uh, look, I'm hoping it's John Ossoff. But Karen Handel's not doing herself any favors. She is rapidly anti-LGBT. There has been tape released of an interview... With a, with a constituent that just happened to be caught on tape. And I don't know. It seems like it might have been planned that they were recording. But there's also a very brief piece of audio of someone on her campaign bus asking her about parents who happen to be LGBT. I guess I want to know why you think gay parents are not as legitimate as heterosexual parents. Because I don't. Then she shrugs. Well, I realize that. She shrugs because I don't. What a great answer. Who, who, and she's trying to very delicately distance herself from Donald Trump because he only won by 1% during the presidential elections in that district. There's photos of her like kissing his cheek though when they were hugging on stage. Right. They're, they're close. But what is with this Donald Trump style? That's not an answer. You want to be a congresswoman. You want to represent half a million people. Well, that might be all she has <laughs> is, yeah, because I don't. She probably hasn't thought about it. Just because is not an answer. Because. And this next clip is even more disturbing. Where this woman who has... Uh, a daughter who, the way she describes it, who's in the LGBT community. And she's worried about her civil rights, her human rights. And Karen Handel goes into some bizarre, well, the way I believe, they might as well be voting for. She's not a Christian! <laughs> they might as well, that uh. might as well be Karen Handel. <laughs> 
Well, why is it that you that you don't uh, support the equal rights of my daughter who happens to be a lesbian? She's not a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> what is happening that that this, that this race is so tight? It's I mean, unless I realize it's Georgia, and I know we've got a we've got a uh, a lot of supporters in Georgia. We do, and I'm from Idaho, so I feel your pain. I know what it's like to to hail from a state where it's a little backwards. Yeah. Anyway, here's this very brief interview or this question and answer session between a voter, a prospective voter, and Karen Handel. It's a weird thing, okay? I'm really torn because you're torn on your LGBT thing. My daughter is part of the LGBT community. And as a mom, I'm like, well, what protections do I water? <laughs> what protections do I have for her having a family in the future, for being able to adopt and have kids? And so there's part of me that has the conservative nature, but there's the other part of me that's like, I accept my daughter, so I've got sure. to split and torn. Sure. That's what I'm concerned Look, about no, before I vote on Tuesday. I have to be honest. My faith calls me to a different place on the issue. Uh, my faith also calls me to be compassionate, and so I always try to do that. Um, I don't, I'm not aware of anything in the law that, right now, that I'm aware of, that is going to be impactful from a discriminatory standpoint against your daughter. I'm worried because of Pence, not necessarily Trump, but more so Pence, because I think that he's got the really staunch, staunch, I know what his stance is on LGBT, and that scares me again. You know, but, but, I, I but, but the issue's been decided by the U.S. Supreme Court, so... I'm worried that he's going to go ahead and try to make changes. It's and the I have to U.S. Supreme her. Court. <laughs> but I, I just want to make sure, you know, I know you can't guarantee you. any protection. You know, but look, I can only tell you what I feel and, And I, I have to respect that. I understand. I appreciate it. So she, she got up uh, about in the middle of that conversation. She couldn't get away quicker. Yeah, she was done having that conversation. After she said, it's the Supreme Court and shrugged. Right. A couple things. There are no federal protections for for gay and lesbian for anyone in the LGBT class. There aren't federal protections of employment. There certainly are not state protections in in the preponderance of states in the union. For instance, let's just talk about Idaho, where where I used to live, where Brittany used to live. You cannot hire someone because they're gay and be completely covered by the law. Where if you don't hire someone because of their religion, that is a crime. So for her to say, well, the Supreme Court has already ruled on this. She's not a Christian! They've ruled on gay marriage. They've not ruled on whether it's a protected class or not. She's being disingenuous. She doesn't deserve to be elected to to Congress. And then here's the other thing that really bothered me about what she said. My faith calls me to a different place on this issue. Well, your faith, Karen Handel, doesn't fucking matter 
because we have a First Amendment in this country that protects the separation of church and state. And your particular faith, religious belief, shouldn't come into play on how we legislate the restrictions on other Americans because your particular religion prescribes certain behavior. Because I don't have a religion and I shouldn't have to live my life based on the prescriptions of yours. So the most important part of this conversation is that election day is Tuesday, June 20th. Yes. And that will be Georgia's time to shine, right? Yeah. So I, who do you want? A a center left pseudo progressive in John Ossoff or do you want Karen Handel? She's not a Christian. Who do you want? <laughs> I, I mean, I know who the audience wants. Yeah, well, Bernie Sanders was interviewed on uh, Jake Tapper's show yesterday. And they were talking about this because John Ossoff isn't as liberal as I'm sure a lot of people hope yeah, that, well, that he that, would be. That district's not. And <laughs> it reminded me of this tweet where uh, I forgot who tweeted it, but it was something like, um, oh, Bernie Sanders isn't the nominee, uh, so I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Also, the grocery store didn't have my favorite beer, so I'm going to drink bleach. <laughs> uh, and it, it reminded me of that because obviously, yeah. even if it's not the perfect candidate, right? which one is more aligned? That's right. Right? Well, with your views. It's like with me on on joining the Democratic Party after the election. Does the Democratic Party embody everything that I believe? My political ethos? No, of course not. But it's sure as hell a lot fucking closer to what it is than the Republican Party. Yeah. Because the Republican Party abandoned me a long time ago. So get out there and vote, Georgia. It is important for the nation, not just for your district. It is important. All right, well, let's get on to some Donald Trump news. The other day he tweeted, and uh, like we mentioned yesterday, or last episode, not yesterday, we mentioned that it seems that Trump has admitted he has spilled the beans that he is indeed under investigation. President Trump on fire this morning, confirming in a statement on Twitter that he is under investigation while appearing to attack his deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein. Let me read you the president's statement. Here it is. I am being investigated for firing the FBI director by the man who told me to fire the FBI director. Witch hunt. That man that the president is alluding to, it seems, is tasked with overseeing the Justice Department investigation into Russian meddling because Attorney General Jeff Sessions recused himself, of course. And that investigation is now expanding. We have a lot to get to. So we've got CNN Justice correspondent Jessica Schneider. She is standing by. But first, let's get over to the White House. Athena Jones is there. Athena, what is going on here? What is, all, what is, what is this all about? What are you hearing from the White House? 
Hi, Kate. Well, we have seen a series of tweets from the president this morning starting uh, just before 8 o'clock. He's sent out four tweets on this subject in the last hour or so. The White House isn't commenting on this specific tweet, uh, not explaining exactly why the president, uh, he, he, they say he does believe that he's under investigation, but they, they're not saying why. For instance, has he been directly informed that he is, or is he basing this on recent reports? Uh, they are referring all questions about the Russia-related uh, matters to the president's outside legal team, as they've been doing now uh, for, for several weeks. But my colleague Jeff Zeleny did speak with a White House official uh, who says that this latest tweet storm is by design. Uh, this official says it's a sign the president is taking matters into his own hands. That's a quote. Uh, we've heard a, a lot's made of the, of the president believing that he is his own best messenger. We've heard White House officials echo that statement or similar statements quite a bit in recent weeks. And we know uh, from this official that you know, the president has been advised of the legal ramifications of making these sorts of statements on Twitter. Uh, but the president uh, feels this is a political fight uh, and a fight that he's he's going to fight. They, they believe uh, the president and a few of his advisors believe uh, that the political fight right now over this Russia investigation is more urgent than any potential legal ramifications uh, down the road. Uh, so the president is feeling under siege and he's doing what he has long done, uh, including during his professional career, which is not shy away from a fight. So he admitted there it's clear that tweet one more time, and this is the entirety of the tweet. I am being investigated for firing the FBI director by the man who told me to fire the FBI director, witch hunt. That's what he said. I am being investigated. There's no wiggle room there. Unless you're Jay Sekulow, a long-time conservative far-right-wing hack lawyer, Jay Sekulow, who is now brought on to be part of the president's legal team, mm -hmm. who was on Fox News, everybody. With Chris Wallace. With Chris Wallace, who was one of the good ones over there. I, th I believe he is uh, a pretty neutral guy. Yeah. A newsman. Yes. If you will, Brittany Page. I think it's interesting because he used to get into it sometimes with Shepard Smith, but now I see <laughs> videos on YouTube of Shepard Smith and Chris Wallace kind of tag teaming Donald Trump. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Jay Sekulow is now denying. Well, listen to this clip. This is this is a portion of a 12 minute interview on Fox News Sunday. With Jay Sekulow and Chris Wallace, a very small portion, it's about three and a half minutes of a 12-minute interview where Jay Sekulow outright denies that Donald Trump is under investigation and then twice says he's being investigated. Has the special counsel, Robert Mueller, formally notified the president that he is under investigation? The president has not been notified by anyone that he's under investigation. That tweet... Chris was in response to the Washington Post story that alleged that five unnamed sources, anonymous sources, leaked to the Washington Post that the president was, in fact, under investigation. So that tweet was in response to that. There's been no notification of any investigation. Nothing's changed since James Comey said the president was not a target or a subject of investigation. Nothing's changed. Well, but you don't know that he isn't uh, uh, under investigation now, do you? 
Well, no one's notified us that he is, so I, I can't read people's minds, but I can tell you this. The, we have not been notified that there's an investigation of the president of the United States. So that nothing has changed in that regard since James Comey's testimony. I, I want to go after another part of his tweet. Uh, why is he going after Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein? First of all, he seems to imply that Rosenstein is investigating him. That's not true. It's Mueller. And secondly, uh, he made it clear in an interview with NBC that, that uh, he decided to fire Comey well before he ever met with Rod Rosenstein. Take a look. I was going to fire regardless of recommendation. So there was really they, he made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy. Very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him. The Republicans like him. Uh, he made a recommendation. But regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. I want to ask you a direct sure. question. Does the president yep. think that Rod Rosenstein has done anything wrong? The president has never said anything about Rod Rosenstein doing anything wrong. Here's what, what is the legal situation here. There is a constitutional issue when you have this scenario. The president made a determination based on consultative advice. He decided ultimately he's the commander in chief. He gets to make that decision that James Comey had to go. That was coming, by the way, from groups right, left and center over the last year. You, you and I know that. So there's been concern about James Comey. It was put forward in a memorandum. That's what the president's referencing from the deputy attorney general and the attorney general requesting the removal of James Comey is the FBI director. And ultimately, that's the president's determination. So here's the constitutional threshold question, Chris. The president takes action based on numerous events, including recommendations from his attorney general and the deputy attorney general's office. He takes the action that they also, by the way, recommended, and now he's being investigated by the Department of Justice because the special counsel under the special counsel regulations reports still to the Department of Justice, not an independent counsel. So he's being investigated for taking the action that the attorney general and deputy attorney general recommended him to take by the agency who recommended the termination. So that's the constitutional threshold question here. That's why, I, as I said, no well, investigation. I, what, what's, what's the question? I mean, no, you, sure. you've, stated, you've stated some facts. First of all, you've now said that he is yeah. being investigated after saying that you didn't. No. You, you just said, no, he's sir, not being that he's being You just said that he's being investigated. No, Chris, I said that the invent anything. Let me be crystal clear so you completely understand. We have not received, nor are we aware of any investigation of the president of the United States. Sir, you just said period. two times that he's being investigated. No. The context of the tweet, I just gave you the legal theory, Chris, of how the Constitution works. If, in fact, it was correct that the president was being investigated, he would be investigating for taking action that an agency told him to take. So that is protected under the Constitution as his Article One power. That's all I said. So I appreciate you trying to rephrase it, but I'm just being no, really direct I, I, with I, you. Sir, here, I didn't Chris. rephrase this it. The is, tape will speak. Be, uh, Jay, this tape will speak for itself. You said he is being investigated, and it's not Chris, just being. And, and, is, wait a minute. Just, wait a minute, no, Jay. Chris, and no, it's not Chris, Jay. Not fair, it's Chris. not just being investigated for firing Comey. There's also the question of what he said to Comey when Comey was still the FBI director. So there's more he, than just the fact that he fired Comey. Pretty great. Mm -hmm. I also like the tape will speak for itself, Jay. <laughs> you did say twice that he's being investigated. And now he's being investigated by the Department of Justice because the special counsel under the special counsel regulations reports still to the Department of Justice, not an independent counsel. So he's being investigated for taking the action that the attorney general, deputy attorney general recommended him to take by the agency who recommended the termination.
So, if the Washington Post record reported incorrectly that he was being investigated for hiring hookers to piss on a bed in Russia, if that were not true, do you think Donald Trump would say, I am being investigated for hiring hookers to piss on a bed in Russia by the man who told me to... He wouldn't tweet that tweet. <laughs> that would be... I mean, he might. <laughs> we don't know. There's a lot of tweets that get fired off. Yeah. That wouldn't be the tweet that he'd tweet. He wouldn't confirm an investigation that wasn't happening if the Washington Post wasn't correct. Right. If Donald Trump is such a social media fucking genius that all these idiots claim him to be. Right. Well, I also love that the issue is with the Washington Post or the media. Yeah. And it's not with the president of the United States not having self-control. I mean, he should have more self-control. He's got to be. He's got to be giving these lawyers heart attacks on a on a multiple times a day basis. They wouldn't have to send him out onto Chris Wallace and Jake Tapper on the same day, right? And, and also he and was do with, damage control. He was with Chris Cuomo, and he used my least favorite line in the history of fucking communication. Let's agree to disagree. No, when he you're a smart guy. Oh, you're a smart guy. Let me explain this to you. Hey, fuck you, Jay Seculo. But here he is with the great JTAP again talking about this case. It didn't get quite as contentious, but Jake Tapper has a beautiful way of walking him back into a corner and making him look like the fucking fool that he is. Should we take that tweet from the president, this confirmation that the president is under investigation? Let me be clear, the president's not under investigation. As James Comey said in his testimony that the president was not the target of investigation on three different occasions, the president is not a subject or target of an investigation. That tweet was in response to a Washington Post story that ran with five unnamed sources without identifying the agencies they represented, saying that the special counsel had broadened out his investigation to include the president. They, we've had no indication of that. The president was responding to that particular statement from the Washington Post, again, with five anonymous sources. Right. And again, without even identifying the agency. So, no, the president's not under investigation, has not been. So the president said, I am under investigation, even though he isn't under investigation? He, that, res that response on social media was in response to the Washington Post piece. It's that simple. The president is not under investigation. Well... I wish it were that simple, but, uh, you know, with all due respect, <laughs> the president said, I am being investigated in a tweet, and people yes. take his word on that, And but you're his attorney. You're saying that the president, when he said that, was not accurate. No, the president was in, it was 141 characters. There's a limitation on Twitter, as we all know, and the president is a very effective utilization of social media. So here's what you have. The president issued that tweet, that social media statement, based on a fake report, a, a report with no documented sources from the Washington Post. And I, I want to focus on that for one moment. Isn't it ironic that a leak would take place by five anonymous sources saying that the special counsel had increased the scope of their investigation, and they don't even identify the agencies upon which those individuals were speaking? So the president's response, I want to be crystal clear here, the president's response was 
as it related to the Washington Post report. He cannot, in a, in a Twitter statement, include all of that in there. But the Washington Post statement came out that morning. If you can't communicate effectively on Twitter, then don't fucking communicate on Twitter. Well, it was funny because he said that he's restrained by the 140 character limit, but that he's very effective at communicating on social media. Right. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Well, you're contradicting yourself from one sentence to the next. I don't know who they're trying to communicate here to. I mean, it must be the base. You know what I mean? It, I mean, unless they're speaking directly to... Donald Trump, baby! We got some Hillary bitches on here? Come on, baby! Trump! Well, my favorite part of the Jake Tapper interview was uh, his uh, therapeutic wonderment or therapeutic confusion technique. He You'll have to explain to the audience what that is since no one that's knows. That's what I'm doing. All right. He was <laughs> acting confused, but not in a rude way, in a, huh, now, you know, that's not really clicking for me. I wonder if you could say more about that. You know, um, <laughs> is that a therapist technique? Acting like you don't really know. In order to make them feel as though it's a safe space to really elaborate. To explain, yeah. Yeah, rather than coming at them like, I don't know what you're talking about. Or being That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was doing a lot of therapeutic confusion. Therapeutic wonderment. Well, listen, uh, we're again, we're, we've gone the, the length of the show. There's no more show. We're going to have to end it there. We didn't get to we're going to have to get to it next time. There is a report out there about Donald Trump and his land is is property deals and that the percentage before the election of anonymous sales was like 4%. And now that percentage is astronomically high. Like I believe in the 90s or the 70s. Do you remember the number? We'll just save it for next time since I'm giving terrible information. Yes. Brittany hates it. When I speculate and mm-hmm. when I guess yes. and try to go off memory. These are not facts. They are not facts. So we'll leave you there. Well, listen, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We would love to have you join the conversation. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. If you would like to help us get to that third episode a week by donating through Patreon or PayPal. It also helps in the production of my YouTube videos. Go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. There's a link that says support the show. There, you can donate as little or as much as you'd like per month. A dollar a month, two dollars, five dollars a month. If enough of you give a tiny amount, we are there. We are at the third episode threshold And it's going to be a real good time. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore. And this has been I Doubt It. She's not a Christian! Mother's Day is almost here. 
and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.